Hi, and welcome back to Transbox. So, first of all, we're in the beginning of season two, and last week it was our sad task, really, to report on Paul Draycott, the chair of uh, Beyond Reflections, and to pay Paul a tribute. And in a sense, that was an extra episode. So we're very pleased to do that. I'm very sad about the loss of Paul. But this is season two, and I thought it would be good to start, Jen, if you're all right, with talking about what's in the news, because the news at the moment is... It's quite fascinating, isn't it? There's a lot going on. What's caught your eye? Well, it's whatever, isn't there? I suppose. Mm. Yes. Um, at the risk of us, us, us having a another sad, sad podcast. Um, I mean, the, the thing that was most in the news for me, uh, last week was uh, um, the judges summing up on the case of Brianna Jai. You know, for those of you who may not be in the UK, if you if, if there are any people listening. But that was the sad case of um, uh, a young trans woman. Well, I think she was 16 that was murdered mm. um, by two other young people. And um, it, it also turns out that the, one of the um, murder killers was motivated, certainly in part or maybe mostly, by transphobia. And that was summed up in the judge's statements. So that was really shocking to hear about that and hear, um, hear the what actually went on in that case it's an awful case to be honest and it shocked the whole whole community really and there was a real outpouring at the time of when she died of of support and vigils so it's really high profile uh at that case i'm sure you you know i know you're aware of it uh jill it was certainly impacted on me um so many sad aspects to it really uh the, the shocking horrific um, killing and murder, but also the dignity aspects of Brianna, right? Yes. And how she was treated in the reporting and in court, being dead named and and so forth. And then and subsequently what's happened today, you know, with politicians. So well, I mean it's before we get into today, maybe it's quite interesting to say a couple of things about the Brianna Jai case. One which is that at one sense, at one stage the sort of transgender status or aspects almost was airbrushed out i thought and, uh, and i think yes. the judge has actually really done something quite significant because apparently they they had found lots and lots of whatsapp messages which they deleted which had been restored strange account to that politicians yeah. e uh, whatsapps uh, yeah. for the covid inquiry but putting that to one side for a second the um and the, they'd they'd focus on two things one which is that they were sadistic and they've been planning killing people yes. particularly brianna and one of them in particular brianna because of the transgender status of of her now what's interesting is the judge needn't have said anything but actually brought that out and i thought you know that was it was it was right to have done that but it was good that they did because I think it's 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 important for the community to realise that actually there are a lot of people in the legal world who recognise this and they're not going to let people hide away and 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 not talk about these issues because actually what they're doing is showing that there is a a problem in the UK to name what one Absolutely. country about attitudes to trans people and I think that and I think that was good. No, it was. Um... I mean, I was really impressed with the judges summing up. You're right. The police at the time said they weren't treating it as a hate crime. Nope. And we didn't obviously know any more until the trial was over. And then we get the full reporting and the full summing up. So uh, of the two killers, uh, they were clearly very disturbed and twisted and particularly um, um, 
the girl, uh, there was a boy and a girl, yeah, was Scarlet. was motivated by an obsession with uh, torture and death and very dark. Yeah. But uh, her, her accomplice, you know, equally guilty, was clearly um, targeting Brianna because of, she was trans. I mean, I'm not going to read out some of the stuff that he'd put in his messages because it feels awful, but, you know, it was focusing on her on her and her body and the fact she was trans was what he was, you know, morbidly curious about. And it's clearly an element of transphobia. It, you know, you can't say it was totally his, his motivation, but certainly a good portion of that. And the judge chose to focus on that. And it drew certainly on, on social media afterwards, a lot of people saying, well, you're right. This, this is very, dis you know, these two people are very disturbed. But these attitudes towards trans people don't come out of nowhere, yeah. and it's and you can't untangle you know you can't untangle it from the some of the comments and some of the attitudes towards trans people that the way that we're talked about the way that we're in the you know in the media and the politicians and everybody else who you know you can't untangle that and uh, you know everybody has to take a bit of responsibility for that atmosphere. That fed into this um, this this boy's clear anti-trans this hatred of of Biana because she was trans. But I think I, I, part part of the sentencing is quite interesting because um, the Crown Prosecution Service um, actually presented fresh evidence, which is why the um, sentencing of twenty two years and twenty years is yeah. is more severe than usual because actually. Uh, the the CPS believed the killing was a hate crime, and uh, and the and the court agreed that this was a motive, and I think that's that's really significant, isn't it? And it's and it's a message, isn't it, that says hate crimes will be punished more severely, and actually, you know, there's no there's no compensation to to her, but if her death achieves anything, it's a, it's achieved a, a few things. But one of those things is that it's brought hate crime back into the into the mainstream because actually there are significances to having hate crime added onto your tariff, not um, taken away or uh, treated alongside, yeah. you know, there's murder well, and there's hate crime as well. Yeah, it was an aggravating factor for his sentencing and not for her yes. sentencing, right. is my understanding. But it was it was used as an aggravating factor, so it was certainly put into there. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of disappointing that from the off we were all led to believe by the police that this was not they were not considering a crime so that, that i think is interesting that actually you know um yeah it's difficult because clearly there was all the motivations as well but it was shocking and, and just awful and when you you looked at i mean i think they, sh they showed some video of, of poor brianna who who had they were the school you know the parents said it was vulnerable and was anxious about I think on the day, anxious about going out on the bus, and she'd be the, the one of the killers had befriended her and encouraged her to go out. And Brianna was anxious because lots of us in our community are anxious about going out and about at the moment, and she was led to be out and about. And that's so cruel. The, the, the cruelness of that, mm. um, and then the, the shocking horror, the horrifying details of the crime. Well, it, it is it, it is something that. Impacted on, I think it impacted beyond the community, which is, but it certainly impacted our community. You know that the, you know, and uh, and all of us, and uh, and it, you know, and it's still resonating now. I mean, it's some time after they were found. It's some time ago now, and it's still resonating. Yeah. And I think she will be 
there will be you know, she's one of those names that we will remember alongside um, people I remember, like Lucy Meadows, somebody who was bullied in the press and took her yeah. took her own life, a young trans woman. And these names we will remember, I think. Um, and and you know, and maybe there's a some positive le- legacy at some point in the in the future. I mean, I think a parent, a mum, particularly, her parents have been amazing, and her mum. Yeah, mum came out and talks. Yeah, mum didn't. Mum come out and say something about the fact that she would be happy to talk to the other mum because they're yeah, both lost parents. Yeah, just that sort children. of level of, you yeah. know, that one they clearly fully accepted Brianna for who she is and who she was, and you know, she's both said they were proud to have her as a daughter, and you know, it's good to hear that. And it was also the mate, the the, the grace, and uh, you know, and the passion she showed for the parents of. Of Brianna's killers was extraordinary, you know, and saying that you know, and wanting to do something something better. And I wish that sort of grace and compassion was shown by our politicians because it's not been, you know. Well, and that leads us on to the what happened. I mean, recording this on Thursday, uh, but this yes. led on to the the famous incident yesterday with with our our worshipful Prime Minister and um, the leader of the opposition. And yes. Um, Maybe you can just take us through what actually happened. Yeah, well, it's interesting because it's now happened two weeks running yeah. and people have gone about that. So at last week's question time, in the to and fro, um, the, the Rishi Sunak's having a go at Keir Starmer and he, he says he doesn't know the definition of a woman. He said that last week. It's his jibe. It's part of the Conservative Party attack on trans people, it's coded attack. And he said that last week, there wasn't a fuss. I heard it and thought, you're just cheaply having a go at trans people. You're clearly still on your agenda. And then he did exactly the same this week. But this week, Keir Starmer, um, this time, had the backbone to, to, to snap back at that and said, you know, of all time to say that, because Brianna's mother was in... In the Houses of Parliament at the time, and 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 I think in the gallery, and uh, and said that the Prime Minister should apologise, which notably he hasn't done. He's been interviewed about it and refused to apologise. He says you should. He said accused Keir Starmer of making politics about yeah. it. I mean, in some ways, um, well, it is politics, but it's interesting that you know we feel Keir, you know, it should have been raised last week as well when in you know it's not just the fact it is it is shocking to do that with Brianna's uh, mother there but also why are we being used as a punch bag to just have jibes at the the prime at the at the opposition it is so pathetic and it is. it's just become it is just become easy throwaway language from the conservative party that up until this time has not really ever been countered by uh, Keir Starmer. I mean, Keir Starmer's finally uh, tried to deal with the issue and say, you know, I think he's asked, he keeps being asked this question about whether a woman can have a penis. And he's, uh, and I think he said, I think in a recent interview, 99% of, 99.9% of women don't have a penis, which is, um, which is pretty accurate. 99.95 probably, mm. or more percent of women don't have a penis. That's just statistics. But at least he was not going, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting to that. And that's what Rishi Sunak tried to say he'd done a U-turn on. But it is just pathetic. And to have us being used as this football, and it scares me for when the general election comes. 
Well, it's interesting that the, I mean, the Tories are so much better at this sort of style of campaigning. And I think the right, yes. the right wing usually are. I think Trump is, which is why MAG is successful, yes. AFD in Germany and the other right wing parties around that. They, they use us as a football because actually they're very good at politicking. And then when someone yeah. snaps back at them, they say, well, actually you bring an issue to bear. And sadly, yes. with Starmer, he's not a debate. He's not into the rough and tumble of campaigning or politics. I think he's a very no. decent man, but he's a very dull, stiff sort of dummy. You can imagine if Angela, uh, Angela, or I can't remember, Angelina, that's Angelina, or Yvette Cooper had been there, they would have torn him a new one. And actually, here Starmer's got to learn to sort of, he's a bit 18th century, I always think. He needs to have a, wi- a yeah. waistcoat and a, and a wig on. Um, but anyway, that's getting away from the point. But the point is, he has stood up, he has said something, but the clear strategy of the Labour Party is to take any issue off the table when they can be attacked. I mean, they're going to have nothing left to talk about soon, but there, there's no doubt that transgender issues are there. They're in the they're in the older age communities, they're in the sort of white Tory, um, white male pri- privilege place. Transgender people are a target. They're a, a, they're a target that's not off limits. And once transgender people have been bemused and belittled, but belittled, they'll be moving on to the rest of the LGBTQ community. And the faster we realise that, the faster, the faster someone's going to have to do something about it because we can't keep fighting this on our own. There's just too few of us. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, we 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 talked about this previously. I think it is. I think. I think people will just get fed up with this because actually, day to day, people are just not concerned, no, not interested about about the same in America. I think I think they're going to start to see that, but it is the same playbook as you've seen in the states. And you're right; it is. It will be attack on the whole community, but at the moment it's obviously we're still the focus, but it's still being used. And I, yeah, I'm I'm less confident in Keir Starmer on trans issues than maybe you have, Jill, because I think. I think I think the way they've abandoned uh, uh, yeah. uh, self-ID and the previous commitments and stuff has shown that they're not prepared to fight for us. Um, but I we, think we've talked about that previously. Yeah, but um, I'd just like us to not be beat up every time at question time or something. It's yeah. just awful. And 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 politically, and I'm talking about this with a small p. I'm I'm less wedded to self-ID than you are. Um, yeah, but, but what's what, and, so. it's, and it's okay to take away self ID, which is great. No, yeah, yeah. take it away. But what are you going to put in its place? Because actually, what we have now is well, I was going to say neither now nor summer, which is a Geordie expression or a northern expression, but we have just now. And um, because they have the, the whole current process, which is poor, still not working, and that's been diminished. And and I think I, I hope that once they get into power, they'll do something, but I think it's time. I mean, I, would, I do worry that if they do get into power, they'll be with a majority of one and a half. And I think sometimes, <laughs> I think, you know, you know, you with your union contacts, you've got to start mobilising these union people to start getting some pressure on it. To, some, someone somewhere has got to find a backbone for this Labour, Labour Party. And I have a horrible um, feeling well, I, there isn't one. Yeah, I, I agree. But it's it's very, it's, you know, it's testing my patience as a member of the party to stay, to stay apart. So remember, um, you know. So yeah, who knows? I think I think they will win the next election. I think that's. I think everybody is saying that, but it's what they're going to do. I mean, what what makes me angry about that? And you can. And I know there's the different views on self ID, but with all the 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 the, the right words of. Of, of of shock and horror at Brianna's death, but the pious comments from the prime minister and uh, and the leader of the opposition, you know, at that, 
without recognising that Brianna has not got the dignity of being buried who, who she was. Yeah. Because in this country, she has no protection as a 16-year-old trans girl for her ID. And nobody will tell me that she did not know who she was Absolutely. and was not. And and that's where the whole nonsense of the lack of self-ID falls down is, you know, you can sit there and say, you know, we're shocked to this death of this poor, beautiful girl who knew who she was. It's shocking. But, but by the other end, the state will not recognise you for who you are. And and just you can't ride both horses on that, in my view. You you just can't. I mean, it, it, every time I think about the fact that, uh, that, that I, from what I understand, her death certificate won't uh, recognise her as a girl in death. Yeah. It's just, to me, just adds a layer of sadness for our community on that. And so, you know, any words from politicians who don't understand that if they want to say those supportive words of sorrow without without changing their stance on this just i don't know i find that hard um, i guess i'm just a bit frustrated and angry about it at the moment but, the, but, the, but you see bad. but they say there's a lot about this country which is which is challenging and you've got people yeah. who are too cowardly to deal with red you know bring legislation together i'm a big fan yes. of assisted dying because I, you know, and there's a, there's a, there's no, there's no appetite for that. No. There's no appetite to pick on some of the biggest social issues because actually, what people yeah. seem to be most interested in is how to lie in their own pockets. And um, yes. this is turning into a, this is turning into a political thing. It was, it was supposed to be yes, about the and, news and, and, and a little bit, and a little bit, a little bit sad again in the back of last one. We, yeah. we are promised at some point we'll get. Well, I want to talk about. I want to talk about something positive. So oh, I want uh, to yes. talk about Lucy Clark. Right, Lucy Clark. Tell me yeah. about Lucy Clark. Now you see, Lucy Clark is really interesting because Lucy Clark was football's first transgender re referee. Oh right, and, okay. Uh, and she was um, officiating in the third tier of women's football. Now, um, what's fascinating about this is that. Um, She's the first, and often it's like this whole thing now. There are no gay footballers. There's there's no one who's trans, and we're suddenly seeing it leaking into sport because all the controversy in sport is about players. But here we've got a referee, and now Lucy's now the new a new manager of a, a women's football team in the um, women's Premier Division of the London and South East Regional Women's Premier Division for 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 football. Now, it doesn't matter what level. It doesn't matter where. The fact is. It's happened. So a transgender woman is now a manager and has been recognised because they're good, not because they're transgender. And I think that's the point, isn't it? I always say being transgender is the, the least interesting thing about most transgender people. And they, they say that themselves. All we want to do is be recognised for what we're good at. And if you're good at being a manager or a referee, as in the case of Lucy, they're now actually being recognised and starting to take their place. And this is what we need just quietly to get on with living our lives and just doing what we Absolutely. need to do. Absolutely. And that that's a lovely story. And it's and there are, you know, you know, despite the controversies about sport, there are real good examples of trans people finding a way. I mean, you know, somebody I, I, I like a lot is a motor racing driver called Charlie Martin. Yes, Charlie. Uh, who who's a brilliant you know, a motor racing driver drives, I think, GT cars, I mean, you know, you know, um, and um, you know, aiming to get to Lamar, I think as well. And she she's trans and completely accepted doing what she does. You know, where's you know where's the problem? And there are examples of um, of trans people finding the way in sport, even despite all the 
the controversy that you sometimes you still get. I mean, uh, mm. you know, I think so. That's good, and yeah, that's a lovely story, isn't it? Of uh, yeah. of of somebody accepting, and you know, you know, may that may that continue. And here's a and here's another final good news story for the week, and it's well, it's about my area. So clearly, this is even more important. So listen to this: <laughs> a change of direction for Pride events in the northeast region. Okay. We'll see Newcastle and and uh, Sunderland who w- welcome revamped versions of Pride, and hope will bring an estimated eighty thousand people to the heart of Newcastle in July. Wow! So that bit, I mean, huge. they're really going. They're really so they're saying, forget all this nonsense. We're going to embrace it, and we're going to go for it, and we're going to make something happen. And I think that's fantastic because being out and proud is what Pride is meant to be about. And it's about, and there's no doubt that certainly Prides we've been involved with are being really supportive. And actually the Pride um, on the South Coast has actually given Beyond Reflection some money. So that's great, isn't it? You know, the Prides are recognising trans people are under threat and uh, and they're being unapologetic. And I think that's the word. We're no longer being apologetic for being part of the LGBT community or or hiding it away or corporate pink washing or whatever, rainbow washing, whatever it might be. So, you know... There's as much there's as there's a lot that's bad, but there's there's good people out there. So is it is it is it going to be that because I I don't know about Newcastle <gasps> Newcastle isn't it you say you say Newcastle that's how you say it don't that's you that's what that's what, it's, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> is is it um, so it's getting a bigger Pride event because I know the Manchester yeah. and Birmingham ones are huge and obviously London, yeah. but it's going to start to rival that, is it? Proper Northern oh, Pride, sounds... not these ones in the Northwest Midlands. <laughs> we have a we have a lovely Pride event in Stoke. Yeah. It's, a, it's more of a community event. Yes, it's really, it's really nice. It's you know we're not the biggest as big a city as Manchester, Birmingham, but we really have loads and loads of community stalls. It's a real family in a park area. I don't think there's much. There's not so much of the like the Pride Parade. There's such as more of the this community. Uh, event and you know we all we attend from the NHS our union attends loads of community groups attend so Stoke Pride yeah has become you know in our city and, and I'm proud I'm proud of the Pride event we have in our city which is you know it's certainly the biggest um, biggest event between you know or sitting between Manchester and and Birmingham geographically it is a it is a great event and it's something that um, yeah, I'm proud of the Pride movement and uh, uh, and how they have embraced trans people and um, you know and, and are there on the fight for us. So yeah, that's good. That's good. And we got it's June time, isn't it? Around when we start July. to have a Pride events. Yeah, in July, you know, transgender so, um, history month next month. And so you see, we managed to finish on a positive. And actually, I have to tell you that in the post bag, people have been emailing us and contacting us. Oh right. So our next episode, we've got some interesting questions to ask you, uh, answer you. So, oh um, right, I like so, a question. So let's get ready for that. So anyway, I'll see you next week. See you all soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transvox. It's been a joy to have you with us. Um, if you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to page Transvox. And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support 
and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And uh, But as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause, or um, brickbats, feel free to send it all Absolutely. in to Gillian at transvox.co.uk. Until the next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Yeah.